Um, all right, let's go. I'm going to do it. I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, let's I'm do the thing. It. I'm doing it. I'm starting. Boom. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start. Here I go. Uh, I'm starting. In a second, I'm going to start. Okay. California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC box set rewatch podcast. Bonus episode. Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up with the Coens episode number question mark. Uh, this is a bonus episode, an in-between season bonus episode. Uh, we are currently in between seasons one and two of our rewatch of the greatest television show of all time, The Orange County, which aired on Fox from 2004 to 2007. I am your host, Ryan Drake, and I am happy to be joined by the owner and creator of this podcast. It is her podcast. Hello, Chelsea Trinidad. Hey, guys. How you doing? It is my it is my podcast. This is my life, and everyone else is just living in it. I'm glad that we've agreed on those terms. <laughs> the way you looked into the camera was very like iCarly, like, hey, guys, welcome to my blog. <laughs> It's like, you know, it, just, it sends me back to, were you guys Lizzie McGuire watchers? Uh, well, you know Dylan was. Oh, wait, you Dylan, was. D- Dylan asked <laughs> Hillary Duff like, to prom. <laughs> I so still watch it. All-time favorite, like, throwback stories. Like, I have a friend whose body invited Lizzie McGuire to prom. Not Hillary not Duff. Hillary, not Hillary Duff, Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, it's, like it's, the, it's, like, it's like opposite Tate Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite, like, I love Heim, the band. They're, like, one of my favorite bands. And Esty Heim is my favorite. And her Twitter handle for the longest time was Jizzy McGuire. And I thought that was very funny. <laughs> um. Anyway, I would like to say hello and welcome back to the podcast, our third wheel, Dylan Irwin. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. And just because this is going to be, you know, new year, new me, new season, new me, I want to come right out of the gate and correct you. The OC actually aired beginning in 2003 not 2004 Oof. so hot start hot start it's, it's yeah new Dylan, wow you're that but, guy um, you know I, I i try to be that guy so so i've been listening along to the seasons uh or to the season as we were releasing it mm-hmm. uh, because quote unquote i wanted to make sure the audio quality was all right you just wanted uh, to hear oh. yourself talk about the i just answer. wanted to hear myself talk and i realized something that i think a lot of our reviewers if the reviewers can be trusted and they absolutely can um, if the reviewers are right, and it's that I am incredibly annoying um, in the show, and my sequences oh. kind of suck. So that's not true. I am making a promise here and now in this bonus episode number two that New Dylan is now on the podcast. Oh wow! New and Dylan. Uh, I can't wait. New Dylan. I can't wait to talk to you all about everything. Yes, still comic books, but in a way that you'll like. And not New in Dylan. A way New Dylan. Like. Same shit season two (laughs) hashtag i like it um so we're still figuring out season two we're gonna get started soon um i feel like it's gonna come sometime in march we'll keep you guys updated but we're we are coming back for season two don't think that we're not we are committed to this fucking show for the rest of our lives we're gonna be doing keeping up with the coens we're gonna rewatch season one again in 2024 our children will know of of the oc and of keeping up with the coens they'll take over the show when we die it'll be like yeah you guys want to make a pact we'll all have kids before we end season four then our kids can do the pod with us where we rewatch season one with our kids oh absolutely (laughs) oh yeah i'm down with that i mean i think that especially the first episode where there was like some coke involved i think that's so appropriate for kids 
Well, it'll justify longer breaks between seasons. It's like, okay, we need to wait a second so the child can learn to speak. Of the three of us, I think the child of the three of us, if we had kids, the one most likely to develop a, co- a cocaine addiction would be Dylan's kid. I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's My- just kind of it's just kind of a boring, bland life. You need some excitement. That's what cocaine's for. Oh no way! My. If my child is anything like me, something better than cocaine is just people listening to you speak. And so just by virtue of being on the podcast, they're just going to be doing lines of other people's attention. <laughs> let's do this. This is what we're going to do. We're going to set up a pa- no, let's set up a Patreon. And if we can get $5,000 donated through our Patreon, Dylan will do cocaine and do a <laughs> podcast with us. We'll all do it together. Ryan will uh, DJ for us. I'll have a mm-hmm. balloon drop situation going on. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. Plan. Mm-hmm. You said balloon drop, and I know what's going on. Ryan knows what's going on, but tell the listeners what's going on. The new queen of helium. Oh my god, <laughs> I did something. Dude, helium now, queen is something... my favorite Fetty Wap song. <laughs> I did something insane, and I decided to uh, launch a balloon company during the middle of a pandemic. Um, so we're going to see how this goes, but it's been kind of crazy. I I had this weird idea where I was like, what if we made like a a launch video, kind of like a commercial, um, made it sort of like a music video esque type thing. And a lot of people kind of rolled their eyes and they were like, what are you, what are you doing, Chelsea? And then I spent a shit ton of money on it. And again, people were like, you're insane, Chelsea. The video we're currently sitting at 18,000 views. Damn. My wow. following doubled overnight. Yeah, shout out the company. Shout out the Instagram account. Yeah, it's we're called Balloon Therapy Tulsa. You can find us at balloontherapytulsa.com or on Instagram at balloontherapytulsa. Um, we, we're going to make your house look all rad with a whole bunch of balloons. And that sounds crazy, but I like fun stuff and I like happiness. And it's kind of bringing something to uh, the world that we need right now, I like to think. I will say that when we when we eventually at some point come out of this COVID quarantine situation, everyone's lives are going to be very different because we all, like, we started this podcast. Chelsea started a balloon company. Like, it, it's really inspired some weird things. Oh, my gosh. It so has. I feel like everyone went through kind of a crazy phase. Like, I dyed my hair purple for a while. My <laughs> husband, who's, like, the most buttoned-up guy in the world, like, grew, like, a man bun. Like, we all just did some... Dylan, Dylan got really into cocaine. Yeah, yeah Dylan got super, Dylan bought a soundboard and started making um, songs about memes. Oh, yeah, that's memes? actually true. Do you hold on? No, truther. I am a Zabumafu truther. PBS mm. killed. Oh, are the, the, the childhood hero Zabumafu the lemur, and they have never answered for their crimes, and so it is not a meme. I am a a a. I speak. The truth. I speak truth to power using my soundboard about the <laughs> crimes against lemurs. But I had a question for Chelsea, yeah. and I just I just realized it. If if your company is called Balloon Therapy, does that mean you can actually refer to yourself as a balloon therapist? Oh my gosh! Well, I don't know. Are are all therapists? Is it like do you have to go through some schooling to even be like a massage therapist? Like, what is the what what are the credentials that you need to call yourself a therapist? I'm pretty sure I'm honestly I'm pretty sure my therapist because I had to quit seeing mine when COVID started so I had to get a new one and I'm pretty sure she's just like a woman who's really good at listening to people I don't think she's like credentialed at all so (laughs) well and they can't like prescribe you any pills or anything like that can they psychiatrists psychiatrists psychologists can't yes okay gotcha 
anyway, we've gotten too deep and personal immediately. This is what we do. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I like that about us, so it's cool. I love Helium Queen for Chelsea. That's such a good name. Good job, Dylan. The Helium good job, Queen. New, I know. D- new Dylan. We got New Dylan. We got Helium Queen Chelsea. Uh, Balloon Therapy Tulsa. Balloon Therapy Tulsa is the Instagram, right? Yeah, Balloon Therapy Tulsa. I'm um, so pretty go, proud of it. I mean, even it, if even if you're not in the area, it, you can just look at how because you follow. You guys saw like the Zillow thing on SNL over the weekend. Um, oh. like you, like people love going to Zillow and just looking at houses they'll never afford. And I kind of feel like not that you can't afford the balloon therapy thing, but if you're not in the area, she probably can't help you with the balloons. But you can just go look at all the dope ass balloon setups they have. They're very cool. It's, yeah, I, sh- I showed it to my nephew who's five. And he lost his mind because he didn't realize balloons could be stars, the starburst balloons. So, I mean, that's a five-star review right there. Five balloon stars. If the kids are into it, then it's going to sell. But it's so much more than just kids. I feel like when people think about balloon art or kids, they or balloons, they just think about, you know, the the little dog that they like to make at the circus. Um, this like go to the Instagram. It's going to completely change your perception of balloons. And to me, that's why it was so important uh, to me to make a fucking music video showcasing so the balloons and the different things that uh, you can do with it and kind of just expand everyone's horizons. You're so gonna do I've balloons been... for my birthday party in August, right? Oh hell yeah! Hell There's yeah. going to be All a balloon right. drop. It's Dylan, you're not crazy. invited. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, is new sorry, Dylan, Dylan invited? New Dylan is invited. New Dylan. Yes. Is All right. So this is what we wanted to do today. I wanted we wanted to kind of keep keep in touch keep in touch with the kids. Um, we wanted you guys to know that we're we're still out here. We're still thinking of you. Uh, Chelsea still run the Instagram account. She's doing a great job. We still want your reviews, by the way. Um, leave us reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts because we got we got some good ones that I that I really enjoyed. I like reading them. So bring me that joy, please. Um, but one thing that I noticed when I was editing our finale episode of season one was how much we just defaulted hard into talking a lot of shit on Seth. And it was kind of a theme throughout the season. Uh, We discovered early on that Seth Cohen is not the charming wonderkin that we remember from our childhood. He's actually, in my opinion, kind of an asshole. And I don't really like him anymore. And I feel like we're going to have kind of Seth Cohen as trash in the future, the same way we have Zach Morris as trash now. Um, I feel like that could be a thing that happens. But I did want to, I did text the group and say we, we, we were really particularly hard on him in the finale episode. Uh, we very, we were just every other word I felt like that I said mm-hmm. was just like, fuck Seth Cohen, I hate him. So. Yeah. I wanted to kind of reel it back in a little bit and like really actually discuss Seth a little bit, really kind of dive into what we do or don't like about him, how much the character is aged, what he was like, how we viewed him in 2003 versus how we're viewing him in 2021. Um, Mm -hmm. So with that, maybe I thought maybe the best thing for us to do uh, would be to kind of run through his, his little story arcs from season one and kind of break them down a little bit. Does that work for you guys? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, that works great. So, we all know that everyone loves Seth. Everyone, I feel like he was kind of the person when the show aired that everyone just was like, oh my God, he's the best. He became kind of the heartthrob, even though Ben McKenzie was the lead. That's weird how that happened. I I agree. Um, it just felt like we were at such a weird time with culture that like that yeah. type of person was running shit. Like it was early internet. So the internet was run by nerds, basically. Let's be real. I want to talk a lot about the nerd trope and how I don't feel like he really fits the nerd trope, even though that's exactly how he was presented to us. Um, Mm -hmm. But from what we know before, like up until the first episode of the pilot of the OC, what do we know about Seth? Um, He was a huge 
allegedly a huge outcast, right? No mm-hmm. friends. Uh, yeah. Big comic book nerd. Um, loves indie rock. Has never been on a date. Has never had any sort of attention from girls. Has this very weird, and I think it's okay to say it's weird. Has a very weird obsession with summer from a, yeah. from childhood, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this kind of dovetails into the whole conversation about him being categorized as a nerd. But one of the tough things to think about when we watch it today is a lot of the stuff that he's into now have kind of become socially acceptable. Like it's no longer nerdy. It's it's more mainstream. It's the it's the guys like uh, I think I've said this before on this show, but it's the guys like Chris Hardwick who are like known and and marketed as being nerds but in reality they're just fans of these now multi-million dollar properties and so it's hard to think about seth as like the star wars and comic book nerd when you have you know comic-con growing bigger and bigger every year and so at that time to be a comic book star wars kind of nerd was much different than it is today. The only thing that I could really think about is like Seth in 2021 would have to be doing much like nerdier stuff. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't even think of something to compare it with. The like only Bitcoin thing... mining. Yeah, I yeah, know. He's would like, he buy Dogecoin? He'd buy Dogecoin. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be like, I guess he'd be like a... a, a, a it, um, a, a, like a Japanese MMORPG anime kind I mean, let's, of guy. Let's be real. He'd probably be like an incel, like 4chan guy, right? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Ew, yeah. But even those, there's such a backlash though, because we're trying to think whenever they were writing the character of Seth, they were trying to think of a kind of like an adorkable guy. Like, mm. oh, I, hate that I don't. Phrase so much. Oh, yeah. Well, totally. But that phrase came up during that period. Mm-hmm. And I think if we were talking about, like, obviously, if we're talking about, like, weird incel, like, 4chan, like, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of subculture, they're obviously not, like, looked upon fondly. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that kind of begs the question, then, is... Is he the kind of nerd that would be, you know, kind of like the nerd with the with kind of the dark edge to it, like a lot of the 4chan, incel, red pill, nice guys kind of nerd is? Or is he more of a, you know, like when I said like MMORPGs and anime and stuff like that, first of all, I'm not knocking you guys because as you, Ryan can you attest- You are one of those guys. I am, one, I am <laughs> one of those guys. If any of you are on the behemoth server for Final Fantasy fourteen, let me know. But it's this- Is he more of like the lovable nerd? Because the way I look at it is like around that time, you know, reading comics and liking Star Wars didn't make you like an edgy kind of 4chan type nerd Mm -hmm. versus a that's kind of weird that he's into that stuff. Isn't he like, you know, a 15, 16 year old? That stuff's for children. What's going on? Which is kind of why I think he might not reach the 4chan levels because that always has some 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 teeth behind it at least by my estimation i think that the culture and what i don't, I kind of disagree with what you said about 2003 nerd culture because i felt like at that point it had already started to be very cool because we'd already reached the end i specifically dylan knows this that like i specifically i don't fuck with like a lot of the nerd stuff like lord of the rings um whatever the other stuff is we've talked about like i don't like i'm not into <laughs> game of thrones or harry potter which i know are all ginormous massive mm-hmm. franchises but those are all kind of things rooted in nerd culture i do fucking love star wars star wars is incredibly my shit i've seen every movie a million times i love star wars and i felt like by the time we get to 2003 star wars was the the prequel trilogy was happening but it was cool mm-hmm. at the time 
Like yeah. episode three was cool. And like, it was, they were the biggest movies in the world when they came out. And I just feel like the, the tide had already kind of turned at that point. Like it would like yeah. the nerd was already really pretty cool at that point. We, Cause I remember having yeah. a conversation with my dad when those prequel trilogy movies came out where my dad was like, God, I wish star Wars was as cool when I was a kid as it is when you are a kid. If you want to portray like a super nerd, in our current time, I think that what you would have to do is go down that really bizarre, um, like 4chan, like Reddit guy threat, mm-hmm. like whole rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to take it back to Seth Cohen in 2003. This is something I actually, I said this, what I'm about to say on my friend Harold's podcast when I was on a couple weeks ago, and I never actually said it on this show. And I thought it was, I thought I made a good point that I wanted to repeat. <laughs> it's very Seth Cohen of me. But I went back to what Dylan said about Luke. We watched the premiere episode of the OC. When you talked about Luke and you were like, he's supposed to be a high school guy, but he's walking around the beach with his shirt off, being the most hot, chiseled, ripped dude. <laughs> and you yeah. look at that, and you look at him in high school and you go, how am I supposed to be a guy in high school when that's what people think a guy in high school is supposed to look like, right? I felt yeah. the same way about Seth in 2003. Like, in any other school or any other setting in real life, he would just be a bully. Like, he's kind of an asshole. He doesn't like people. It's not that people don't like him. It's that he doesn't like people. Um, and he prejudges everyone, and he just makes fun of people and talks shit about them. And, like, I think r- people who were nerds, and I wasn't even that much of a nerd as a kid, but, like, people who were nerds would look to him and be like, oh, he's supposed to be the biggest outcast, loser, nerd that there is. But, like, so what am I supposed to be, you know? That's why I don't like the trope for him as being this nerd king. No, I I agree, and you just you just made me realize that okay, you have a whole bunch of actual nerdy people watching Seth Cohen in two thousand three, and thinking he's a nerd. That's acceptable. He's getting the girls. Why am I, did Seth Cohen create the four chan incel red pill generation? Because they all saw that nerd as being accepted and getting the girls, and then when they did the same thing, they didn't. I mean, I understand that the writing of the show is supposed to be like, look, just be yourself and girls will like you, right? But it's like, that's yeah. kind of not true in high school, especially when you're a nerd and no one is as handsome as Adam Brody is, right? Like, that's just not true. So it's painting this unrealistic expectation. But that's what we know about Seth going into, like, yeah. as of, like, the first episode, that's his life up to that point is I'm this huge outcast and nobody likes me because I'm a nerd. No one likes me because I read comic books, which... I don't know. I have a question for you guys. Um, Were there any indications that he was supposed to be a very intelligent person? Or were we supposed to just assume that because he's into nerd stuff? I feel like we were supposed to assume it. Just like if A plus B equals C or what? See, I don't even, I'm not smart enough. I'm not as smart as Seth, I guess. But I feel (laughs) like just, it kind of comes with the territory. Like, okay, you like video games. You like comic books. Therefore, you have to be intelligent or else that doesn't make sense based upon my preconceived notions about what nerds are. That actually yeah. goes back to what Chelsea said earlier in the season about like Elon Musk. It's like, no, Elon <laughs> Musk is like considered like a big nerdy guy. And I know that he is very like, I guess, probably book smart, intelligent on specific things. But overall, I don't look to Elon Musk as being like, oh, this dude's really smart. We need to listen to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. He's kind of an asshole. We, have we all know really it. Good f- in- Oops, we lost Chelsea. You got Uh-oh. me now? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got good you. Deal. Okay. All right. Uh- Go ahead. Start talking about Elon Musk again. Oh, <laughs> welcome back to keeping up with Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> keeping up with the Musk. No, I was just gonna say that, like, just because he's a nerd, I guess, 
I guess that's more of a culture thing. Again, it's like we assume that nerds are smart because they've been presented that way in media. But in real life, that's not really the case. I know a lot of people who are very nerdy that I would never go to for like <laughs> help or advice on anything. Well, so and this is a little bit of jumping into what we're going to see and what we're going to discuss next season. But it's really interesting to think about Seth as a nerd and that as his trope when you compare him with Zack in the next season. Because when you when you look at the character of Zack, he also reads comic books. He's also quote-unquote nerdy, but the way he's portrayed in the show is completely different. And so if you take out their common denominator, which is comic books and nerdy stuff like that, I truly think the only thing that's left is that Seth is just, like Ryan was saying, a bully. And he's just rude yeah zach is presented to us as like a, a cool dude who like plays well he's like an athlete he looked he's like a hot dude he's an athlete um he just happens to also read comic books so again he gets labeled like a nerd but i always thought zach was cool i was assuming that we don't fall into the same thing we did with eddie which i thought was like eddie's a great dude he's really cool and turns out he's a terrible <laughs> guy um i think i don't remember zach doing anything egregiously terrible i think zach's a really just a good dude overall yeah. and like that's what seth could have been if he had uh just decided not to just be resentful which i think is kind of the root of all of what we're getting at here is that seth ha- has all these personality traits um he's presented as this kind of resentful person at the beginning of the series he wants to get out of orange county he's like hey i hate it here i hate the people here but that's because he's a nerd right like that's my biggest problem is that like they're trying to say like Oh, he's he's better than everyone, and that's why he everyone likes him because he can be above everyone and talk shit on them and like make these dumb sarcastic observations. When in reality, he never gave anyone a chance. I guess. No, that I think that makes sense. Do we feel like he felt like he kind of like the Ted Mosby or the Ross Geller syndrome, where he felt entitled to Summer just because he was a good guy? Do we feel like that in this case? So we know that he's got this weird obsession with summer and i again i don't want to say it's weird but it is kind of weird to have this Mm -hmm. childhood obsession that now he's a he's like a high schooler um and he has this obsession with this girl and it's like i i was a dude i was a kid that had crushes on girls that Mm -hmm. i really liked but i didn't i don't think any of them turned into obsessions that lasted like a decade yeah so we get to this point where he is this dude with that's obsessed with this girl and she because I, we're led to believe that because of Ryan, this guy, this bad, quote unquote, bad guy who shows up and takes him in as a friend, um, that Seth now has an in with Summer. And he's actually talking to Summer for the first time in his life. But if we were, I remember talking to you guys at the beginning of this podcast when we started episodes one and the first disc that Seth immediately went from like, I'm this awkward, nerdy guy to almost by the time they get to Tijuana, he's just being kind of an asshole to summer. Like he's being mm-hmm. a jerk to her. Like he went from, I don't know this girl. I named a boat after her. I'm obsessed with her. I'm talking to her. I'm an asshole to her very quickly. Do you think, and this isn't something I'd really thought about until just now, but you know, you have this whole ongoing storyline about how much Julie Cooper hates Ryan because he's a bad influence. He's this and that. I mean, do you think potentially that introducing Ryan into the into the, like Seth's dynamic that that's kind of where he got that sense of entitlement where he has a cool guy who, you know, has slept with a bunch of people while Seth was busy playing Magic the Gathering. If he's like, "No, dude, you're you're a nice guy and you just got to take your chance and this and that." So if it's almost like Facebook does nowadays where he's been placed in this echo chamber now 
um, you know, where Ryan is pretty much his yes man, where he's like, this is what I'm, I'm doing. I know I'm nerdy. I know she doesn't even know my name. And Ryan's like almost encouraging him. And so therefore he's in a situation where when he feels something, Ryan verifies him feeling that way and encourages him to do something. And then he fails. He's like, there's no way that can be my fault. Because this guy who's who all the women love, this you know, this guy said it was okay. Especially if Seth, you know, doesn't have very many friends. And so he he assumes like this this guy's my he's my friend. He's my only friend that I have here. He has my best interest in mind. If he thinks I should just go for it, I'll go for it. And then wait a second, she's not doing what I want her to. You know what? She just hates me. That's fine. That's her problem. I'm just a nerd. That's why she doesn't like me. And it kind of spirals into that sort of situation because you can almost see that that's why Zach wasn't that way because Zach did have a whole lot of friends. He did have kind of more self-awareness. Yeah, and he was athletic. So as a kid, he got to play on the sports team and got a lot of confidence from that. I was going to say, it all goes um, back to confidence. What Anna would say, confidence cone, that's what he was lacking. But was he really lacking, was he really lacking confidence though? Because he seems like a confident dude in, in the fact that he's confident in being kind of an asshole, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So well, I don't know. I mean, I will. I will say this. I will say that. You know, you talked about what do we know about Seth going into the show and in that first episode. You know, we joke around that we joked around in the pilot that Seth was kind of turned up to an eleven for the entire pilot, and then you, you know he changes and is goes back down to a ten, maybe an eight <laughs> sometimes, but hovers around eight between eight and ten. But the only thing that's changed in his life is the inclusion of Ryan and friendship and encouragement and and confidence and all of that. And so I really do think that Ryan might be partially responsible because, you know, as I said, new Dylan is going to try not to hate on Seth as much. Having a new person in your life that knows absolutely nothing about you gives you the opportunity to, like, be a different person, right? Yes, so you can be like, oh, everyone in this town knows me and they all hate me. And I think it's because I read comic books, even though that's not the real reason. But like, mm-hmm. I think it's because I like comic books and also I'm a jerk to them. But here's this new person that's going to live with me now. And now I can be the person. Now I can be whoever I want with this person. I like that a lot, too. So that takes us to um, this bizarre Seth, Anna and Summer love triangle. And my biggest, I guess, qualm with this is that he has been obsessed with summer his entire life to the point that he named a boat after her which i personally think is creepy but that's me it's creepy uh it's creepy um he named a boat after this girl he's been obsessed with her his entire life suddenly for whatever reason she's talking to him they have some they have some level of relationship and she's interested in him they like she's making out with him a couple of times and yet for some reason this girl anna who's like his lab partner he's like well i'm gonna date her instead and i just i've never understood that and that part of the love triangle drives me crazy i do i mean it's like oh she likes comic books and she's my lab partner so she's like oh no she's the girl that came over on new year's eve so i'm just gonna date her because she's closer to me and more available right now yeah I found that weird too. And the other thing that we discovered while we were rewatching is that there was never really, you know, they really could have done something with the moment that he realized like, Oh, Anna's the girl for me, but he never really did that. Um, it, it went from her being kind of like the third wheel in the, some kind of wonderful where she was trying to help him get summer to literally the next episode. He took her on a date to the boat. Yeah. 
So there was no explanation mm-hmm. of when that crossover happened. I was, I'm wondering if Seth has a lot of attachment to Anna um, for purpose, for love triangle purposes, because I'm pretty sure that Anna was his first kiss. Wasn't she? Really? Oh. Okay. Let's talk Who about that. Who kissed him first? That's, oh, wait. No, Rachel, no, no. Or, no wait. Cause, cause Summer, Summer kissed, kissed him, him first, Summer I kissed think. him first because she kissed him Caleb's at birthday party. that party that Caleb but, had. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I thought that Anna kissed Seth at the carnival to make Summer jealous. But that was after. It was after? Was it after? No, that was after. Yeah, because remember the, the girlfriend, that episode where he had yeah, the yeah. 20-something-year-old yeah, yeah. girlfriend? That was on like Oh, yeah, and that was the reason that like Ryan and Marissa weren't working out because Ryan is making out with that girl, and then they later hooked up at, at the carnival. Oh, yeah. oh. So, yeah. See, there was brilliance when it came to our, you know, disc, disc watching because that's how I okay. remembered it. I was like, no, that was disc two and the carnival. Was yeah. Good job, Chelsea. <laughs> Trademark uh, keeping up with the colors. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. So, I think um, Summer was his first kiss. She kissed him at the the birthday at Caleb's party. You kissed me at my grand- you kissed me at my grandpa's birthday party. And what did that mean? Nothing to you. So, OK, that completely defeats my <laughs> argument then. If anything, that love triangle makes even less sense because, you know, it'd be it's one thing if Summer's paying attention to him, but if she's like straight up kissing him and paying attention to him, I mean, Anna didn't she wouldn't stand a chance in a normal world. I mean, I'm right? just gonna take it from like as a as a former teenage dude, um, if if any situation like that happened, I feel like my thinking pro- my process would be Summer seems more seems less available than Anna. Mm-hmm. So she would be the one you'd want to date first because you don't, you don't want a chance dating Anna and then her being unavailable. You want to her you want to date Summer so then you know that if it doesn't work you still have Anna on the back burner. Yes. Yeah. Summer's the PS5, Anna's the PS4 Pro that you just buy if you can't get a PS5. That's what yeah, exactly, Dylan. Thank you. Old Dylan is back. Now new Dylan's back again. Just the way the whole situation was handled, the fact that he gave them both the same Christmas present is so bad. You don't do that. You don't. You don't do that. Especially of the thought that they both put into his Christmas present. Yes. Yeah. And I also want to revisit and just say that I 100% think that Summer's present to him was so much better than Anna's present to him, especially as a horny teenager. As, <laughs> as a horny teenager, I agree. As a 32-year-old man who... Um, Still Summer. Uh, as... Okay. I don't know. It's she took the time to draw that thing. That was so sweet. The, the outfit makes me uncomfortable because, like, what did she expect him to do afterwards? Was she like now ravish my yeah. body? Like, I just don't understand. Just, wa- just watch like, me. It was like very cool that she dressed up, but like, what after that? What was that's the two game? against like, one? Okay, okay. Him? I will say that's like a that's that could be its own like character study of summer and whatever she was trying to accomplish <laughs> in that moment. I I take it as because we know that she grows into this like amazing person that cares about people. Um, I always kind of took it as her not wanting him to like lust for her, but to like fulfill a fantasy for him. Those are two different things. You know what I mean? Like she wanted to give him this gift of like, I know that you've always you've never had attention from women and you love comic books. So I'm putting this all together into one thing for you. Okay. I I I, while we're on that, I kind of want to talk about that because um, th- <laughs> as a as a uh-huh. female, the, the pod mom, I, I can say this. Growing up, I saw this with myself. Um, I saw this with friends of mine. There were guys out there that kind of portrayed more of that like nerdiness about them 
or just some kind of offbeat thing. Maybe they were like more of a punk guy or a skateboarder, or maybe they were a nerd, or maybe they were into show choir. I don't even know. Just like the atypical, like not the like cool boy that everyone thinks about. Um, girls definitely felt more comfortable and like this guy is not gonna screw me up. Probably no girl has ever shown them attention before. He has no idea what a catch he is. And as an observer of this, um, I kind of feel like there was a lot of guys who caught on to that early and would lean into it. And um, I can 100% tell you that in college, um, the kind of like sixes and sevens got way more ass than the nines and tens. And I think it was because girls let their guard down so much more quickly around those types. As a lifetime six and seven, I agree with this and think that uh, it's been, it's worked, it's worked <laughs> to our advantage, I think, for the, for our entire lives. Am I right, Dylan? No, absolutely. It's, it's interesting that Chelsea says that because, so that's something that Leslie says whenever she's like listening to the show and we start talking about, about Seth is she, she will always defend Seth because she's like, those were the kind of guys that I were into. And she was like, that's the kind of guy I married. And so I think the reason I'm so harsh on Seth is because I have deeply seated psychological issues and I'm just judging myself <laughs> in high school. But but I, I, I think that's something that we briefly talked about on the podcast is this whole idea that, you know, around these Luke, Abercrombie and Fitch, meathead kind of guys – it's uh, you kind of feel like you have to be putting on airs. You have to be, you know, on your on your best behavior, like not being yourself. Whereas with someone, quote unquote, harmless, like the nerdy indie rock comic book guy, Seth, you feel better about being yourself. And you kind of see Summer doing that with Seth throughout the show, because when when we meet her in the first episode and in the second episode, you know, the episodes where she only has a bathing suit top on for most of the episode. <laughs> yeah. And she's with Ryan and Holly and all those people. She's acting fake. Like she's acting, she's using weird slang. Okay. But is she acting or is that just who she is in those moments? Like I, I'm, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if she just changed very quickly or if that's her pretending to be something because she thinks that it somehow makes her more likable. I think, I mean, I think it could be either, um, just simply because at least at that stage in life, I feel like the line between pretending to be someone you're not and actually slowly becoming that bad version of yourself is blurred since that's the time in your life when you're growing up so much. Yeah. And you're kind of trying on different things to see if they make sense. So I don't think that it necessarily was, um, un like ingenuine. Um, but I don't know, I guess as a, you know, a wizened old 32 year old, I feel like I can look back at times in high school and in college and definitively point at that guy duped me. I was a hundred percent sure that he was a dork and didn't date any girls and he was never going to break my heart. And then, you know, found out that he actually had like so many girls like on the side because everyone felt that level of comfort mm -hmm. and were able to let their guard down and maybe hook up with them faster than they would have normally or um, just felt more confident in what they did because they felt like this is probably the guy's first time to experience something like that. But, you know, that being said, Seth broke Summer's heart. He was the only one on that entire show who broke her heart. And he did over and over and over again. She was supposed to be the love of his life. Yeah. Um, I mean, that will get, that gets especially in season three when they're dealing with college admission stuff. Like, I just feel like that's him at his absolute worst, but we'll get that when we get to season three <laughs> so we have we have the seth summer summer anna love triangle in season one he chooses anna 
for reasons we don't really understand. Um, like I said, to me, it just seemed like, oh, it's New Year's Eve and she's at my house. So I guess we're dating now. Like it's never fully explained. Yeah. Um, it just seems like she was the easier option for him at the time. And as we know, I mean, Seth doesn't seem like the most motivated person. He seems actually, honestly, kind of lazy. Yeah. Um, and so for her to just be like the easier thing in that moment makes sense in that regard. The fact that he never, like I said, the fact that he never gave him and Summer a chance, this girl he's obsessed with and continued to be obsessed with, even when he was dating Anna, was ultimately the downfall of their relationship. And shout out to Anna for being the one to say, like, I'm not going to pretend to be your girlfriend when I'm not your girlfriend. Like that was, that was pretty cool. We, I, I do like Anna more. We don't like Samara Armstrong. Anna is okay. Anna's okay in my book. She's yeah. got dirty feet and she <laughs> talks weird. And she talks like this. <laughs> yeah. But for her to be, for her to just not settle and be like, you're clearly into her. I'm not going to pretend to be your girlfriend. So that was cool. It was cool of her, but it was shitty of Seth because he should have broken up. Like, you know what I mean? He was being lazy and he forced her to do it. And that's another trick that savvy girls have caught on to like you know sometimes guys will just kind of distance themselves and act all weird until the girl finally breaks up with them again that's another thing they talk about on how i met your mother like another kind of <laughs> trope of the the nice guy quote unquote uh it's is guilty of yeah it's, it's icing as opposed to ghosting i mean which, which one is worse is icing someone worse or ghosting yes. worse well i think icing i do too well it's kind of like that on the hook again how i met your mother kind of like having someone on the hook but not fully just dragging them along for a long time versus just like disappearing and letting them know it's over yeah pretty yeah. quickly it gives them glimmers of hope when they could be spending their time doing other things whereas when you're ghosted it's pretty obvious like yeah now, do you all think though that I mean, you know, one of the most awkward parts of that season for me is the scene that, you know, resulted in my favorite comic book minute, but the scene where they were all three sitting on the couch reading comic books together. Do you, I I personally don't think that Seth was I mean, he was being rude, but I don't think he was doing it intentionally. I I truly think at least based on Sandy's reaction to it that Seth is just so inexperienced with this stuff. He mm -hmm. doesn't realize that this is going on. Like kind of like I was saying earlier, he's probably just excited. He has two girls interested in him so much so that he's almost blinded, you know, with like a 15 or 16 year old kid would be to anyone's feelings, but his own. Um, no, I so understand what you're saying. Like this is the, here's his Seth redemption part. He wants to do right by both of them, mm -hmm. which is not the right thing to do because you're giving them both like, like hope, you're leading yeah. them both on in that point. But you yeah. also don't want to hurt them, either one of them, because you care about them. I understand that. So good guy, Seth, in that moment. Good job, Seth. Well, and that's what he was trying to do whenever he didn't date either of them and during Christmas. Like he just executed yeah. it poorly. But again, that was the Christmas episode. He said at the end of the Christmas episode, he tells them both, I'm not dating either of you, basically. By the end of the next episode, he's with Anna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, he flipped the switch pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, he just can't, he can't figure it out. And him and Anna break up. We want to finish the Anna part. Like, she eventually moves back to Pittsburgh. I think I'm of two minds about this because I think I could easily be convinced that she did move because of him. But I also think yeah. it's never fully put out there that she she never I, it's never explained fully and i just i just find it hard to believe i mean i know it's a television show and it's written by josh schwartz i mm, still find it hard to believe i still find it hard to believe that they would try to tell us that like this woman 
that is this secure, confident person, I think, until she got with Seth and he made her insecure because of Summer, um, that she would leave and go across the entire country because of this one guy. I just don't feel like that's... I feel like that's giving him way too much power. Um, but again, it's never fully explained. I Just the idea that Seth thought it could be because of him, I thought was just so incredibly douchey and self-involved. Um and if you remember, she wrote in her note, I love you as a friend, which is really weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. Yeah, I'm going to defend Seth in this moment just because I think that it seems like the obvious reason. And maybe that's just because we were watching from like a vantage point of Seth being the main character. But I mean, Anna didn't have other friends. Um, you know, she she went to a, a New Year's Eve party alone. Um she moved there as an older high school student. So she had a long history back at, back in Pittsburgh. So I don't know. I kind of don't think that it was that strange for him to assume that it must've been because of him. But when, we meet, but when we meet Anna, we're, we meet her as this like really dope person. That's like kind of got her shit together as much as you can as a teenager that's in high school. But so to think mm-hmm. that like this one guy that she dated for a uh, two weeks, like ruined her so bad. She had to leave and go to another state. Like I just, it doesn't jive with the Anna that we meet at the beginning of the season. That's true. In the interest of redeeming Seth, I, I think so two things. I want to talk about Anna's choice to leave first and then Seth's reaction to it. I I kind of buy Anna going back to Pittsburgh for, first of all, for all the reasons she listed. Um, I mean, that's that's valid. We might not agree with it, but I think that there are valid reasons, you know, not being close with family um, and, and as stupid as it sounds, you know, missing your, missing your dog and, and all of that. But I think what, what we tend to forget is that, first of all, I do think Seth was part of the reason. I think, Ryan, you were the one that was saying that, you know, I, 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 she tried to shoot her shot with the guy she was interested in and it didn't work out. So I feel like he could be part of the reason. But something that, you know, we're, we're forgetting and that I forgot until Chelsea was talking is this whole idea that she really only had one friend group the entire time she was there and they were all connected to Seth. So if she was going to stay there and still have those friendships that she made, they would all involve this guy that pretty much chose summer over her and i mean that seems like it'd be an awkward situation for for anna to be in so i can kind of buy her moving back um but as far as seth thinking it was his fault i do agree that he was overreacting and kind of being obnoxious but the thing that that i've been really thinking about recently especially in light of that whole point of everyone on the couch and Seth just wanting to make right by everyone and not wanting to hurt anyone's feelings. So he's including everyone, even if it's the wrong thing to do. I think that because he is kind of moving forward and albeit doing it terribly, but trying to make sure everyone stays happy, you know, as, as, cause I empathize with that as a people pleaser. I always want everyone to be happy. And so even the hint that someone is upset enough to move, even if I'm only 1% of the reason, I want to make sure before that person leaves that I'm fixing it. That I'm like, I just want to make sure, like, if that's the reason you're leaving, let's let's work this out. Let's talk about it. Let's get it done. And 
for someone inexperienced in dealing with that kind of an issue, it probably came off as him being self-centered. Whereas in all actuality, he's probably just like, oh God, I've been trying so hard to make sure that no one gets their feelings hurt and failing at it, that this is like my last chance to make it right and to make someone feel wanted. And so that kind of manifests itself as Seth being self-centered and obnoxious. Oh, while we're talking about Anna's departure, this got edited out of the episode when we talked about it. But that whole oh, song and that whole reference, that is from Pretty in Pink. So one of the most important kind of groundbreaking teen comedy that kind of set all of these tropes that we're talking about. Um, so like shout out to the 80s original Molly Ringwald. Um, that's what that whole thing was a reference to. And I think it was really beautifully done when you look at it in that context. I think, fun fun fact, I think I remember reading back in the day an interview about, like, other characters within that Seth Cohen trope and Ducky. Um, Ducky! Was one of them. And so, I mean, heck, we could do a whole episode on compare the obnoxious sidekicks, but it would we just won't. Be, but it would just be you. <laughs> just, <laughs> I do voices. You are you are the obnoxious sidekick of this podcast. That's, that's, no, um, I'm the Ducky of this podcast. He basically, when I think it was Anna left on a trip around the holidays or after the holidays and he ends up or they broke up and he ends up um, talking to summer and basically just saying almost immediately after the breakup, Hey, I'm single now, which is like, okay, cool. You didn't choose me the first time, but now you're trying to tell me that you're single. I didn't like that at all. Especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to summer, summer, I think is the most summer to me was what everyone looked at Seth as at the time. Like to me, she was like the most beloved character that was just really cool. But she ends up dating him. Um, they end up having sex almost immediately when they start dating. That's kind of how they start dating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Freaking immediately. That's its own, again, that's its own weird thing, them trying to figure out their sexual relationship. They do figure out that they move too fast, which I could see as, again, as a horny teenager makes total sense. You mm-hmm. want to hook, you want to fuck the girl that you've been obsessed with your entire life. I get that. It's fine, Seth. Um, Shoot first, ask questions later. That's right. Um, but once they fall into a dating rhythm, it never feels like he's doing anything. Like he doesn't, and like I said this over and over again in the podcast, he's not really bringing anything to the table. I don't feel like he's really putting any effort into this. Um, yeah. the whole thing just never felt right. Like it never felt like they fell into a good groove. And then he, the season ends with him literally leaving. Like he just leaves her a letter and sails away. I think it goes back to kind of the point that we've talked about, or at least that I've, I've talked about. And it's this whole idea of inexperience, which it can only go so far. I get that. But, you know, trying to make the argument on behalf of, you know, Seth Cohen and the people versus Seth Cohen, I feel like you have a guy who's inexperienced in relationships. You have a guy who's inexperienced in heartbreak. You have a guy who's inexperienced in everything. And Chelsea left because she's so mad. She's upset. My, my thing just popped up and said Dylan Irwin is the host now. That was the most haunting thing I've Dylan, ever heard. D- <laughs> Dylan I'm Irwin back. is the host. But I was uh, I was, I was, was saying that I think it's it's inexperienced. Like him in the relationship, like and I mean, Chelsea, I feel like you know, you'll, you'll attest to this, but like relationships, they get easier, but there's, there's some, like, especially like with marriage, it's something you constantly have to work on. It's never something where it's like, all right, well, we, we filled our quota of, of getting to know one another and we're fine. We never have to put forth any effort again. Like 
it's something that, you know, as Ryan said, for someone who's for someone who's lazy, the idea of being in a relationship and doing the right thing and maintaining it, I mean, that's something that's that's learned and it's learned through experience. And if this is Seth's first actual relationship or second, if you consider Anna, it it's almost as if we're having to watch him learn that. We we see multiple times where Sandy uh, comes in and basically says, Seth, what are you what are you doing? Why are you I didn't do an imitation. I almost did. He's like, <laughs> he's like, Seth, what are you doing? You need to you need to make this right. You need to do it. And that's legitimately a father trying to teach his moron son <laughs> how you're supposed to be in a relationship. And and you know, as a sixteen year old, I think I, I said this during the comic book couch episode, like I've had awkward conversations like that with my dad where he's like, Dylan, what are you doing? You need to break up with this person if you're not going to date him. This is you're embarrassing yourself. Come on, man. And so I feel like it's it's easy for us to look at Seth and be like, this guy. He clearly he's not doing anything in a relationship. He's he's he he sucks. He's not doing what he should do. But I mean, I'm thinking about some of my early dating relationships where it's like, I'm dating you. Hey, do you want to go do all the stuff I want to do now? You want to go see the movies I want to see? And you know, I mean. It takes a lot to put the work in to have that relationship, and I just don't think Seth at that age and that stage was ready for it. Yeah, and that, and he did not treat her right. You know, once she was fully involved and committed, he just dips that. She moves <laughs> on, and he meddles there. Like I don't. I mean, and he he, he completely yeah. like discounted her feelings about her dad not liking him. He just steamrolled over sin. that. He just like, yeah, your dad doesn't like me. Sorry. Like, who cares? And she's like, I care. He's basically like, I don't fucking care that you care. Do you think that's what What do you think his uh, his biggest sin was in the first season? I tend to think that was his biggest sin because that kind of led to everything else is is just his whole approach with, you know, summer. Well, it's fine. My girlfriend's dating her father. And so blah, blah. Like, I thought that was his most egregious um, that he was the first season because I I truly I can try to justify that but I'm I'm such a family oriented person and I have a little sister who's family oriented and my wife is so family oriented like I truly can't justify that type of stuff even as a 16 well, year old it makes it even more bizarre because of how close he was with his parents and how close Summer yes. was with his parents also like she was invited regularly to their family dinner so it's really odd that he wouldn't expect that same level of involvement. That's actually a really good point. I wonder what would have happened in this fake world we've created where like, what if Sandy didn't like summer? Like what what do you think Seth's like reaction to that would have been? Oh man. I feel like he he would have, he would have considered it. I feel like he would at least be like, this is an important thing that we need to like discuss at least that my dad doesn't like you. But for some reason when it's summer's dad, he's just like, I don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, it all goes back to that whole kind of, flippant well we're dating now let's do all that i want to do i guess you could you could you could argue that where it's well i mean that's your dad's opinion whatever but anyway my family my life my opinions are all that i know and therefore all that matters it's i mean it's hard to imagine anyone not liking summer but yeah um, she's especially someone like sandy uh, yeah so what do we think about him just so the specifically towards the end of the season he's completely steamrolling her with regards to her father not liking him we have the scene that we talked about in the finale at the wedding where he's just brooding alone. And everyone always says that like Ryan's like this brooding guy, but Seth does it so much worse. Um, yeah, he does. he's just like brooding alone, sitting outside all by himself on the ground, which is another Seth move to sit alone on the ground. If you remember Cotillion, when Anna had to come find him sitting alone on the ground in the hallway <gasps> um, and summer comes over to him to like, 
comfort him, even though he's already completely ran over the fact that her dad doesn't like him and it's a problem. She comes over to like try and comfort him about the fact that Ryan's leaving. And he's just kind of an asshole to her. Like we talked about it in the finale. Like he's telling her like, you know, Ryan's the reason that I'm a, like a cool guy now. And he's like, he's giving summer zero credit for any sort of transformation he may have made over the course of the season. Um, she's still his girlfriend at that point, And he's not treating her at all like a girlfriend. I mean, I don't think he's treated her like a girlfriend the entire season, but specifically in that moment. And then mm-hmm. he like basically dismisses mm-hmm. her and is like, go tell them I'll be back in a little bit. And then he has the weird thing, the weird line about like, Oh, by the way, I named my boat after you. That didn't, I just hated that. And then for him to just write her a letter. I don't even remember what he says in the letter. I think we find out in the season two premiere. I don't know if we do. I think that she just says that he wrote me a letter and blah, blah, blah. I don't think that we ever read the letters that he read. <laughs> but for him to just literally mm-hmm. write her a letter. I love you as friends. And then disappear. It's just so disrespectful to her. And she is by far the person that has given him the most amount of like attention, which is what he wants more than anything. Um, I just, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, sure. I would like to present a rebuttal on behalf of my <laughs> client, Seth Cohen. Let's do it. It's fear and insecurity. Those are our two words, fear and insecurity. I say this because he sees Ryan as the only reason why any of this is happening. Any of it. His his popularity, quote unquote, his relationship with Summer. And so we forget that prior to that, prior to this one school year that Ryan has been around, as Seth says multiple times, life was hell for him. No one paid attention to him. Everyone bullied him. Everything. I think that Seth isn't necessarily trying to play the victim. I think Seth is panicking because the one thing that brought all of this happiness, all of this stuff, the entire first season is leaving now. And without that, he thinks everything else is going to leave. So by saying, by the way, I named the boat after you, I don't think that's him saying, so, you know, I'm take that. I feel, feel bad for me. I think that's him saying like, I think that, when when Ryan leaves, I don't know what's going to happen with us because all I've known is Ryan here and us in a relationship. And after he leaves, I just want you, I just want to, I, I want to clear the air. I want you to know that I do care about you. The boat was named after you. And when you couple that with this whole idea that he's inexperienced, he doesn't know how to deal with, with heartbreak of, of this magnitude, you know, because I think that he was heartbroken that Ryan was leaving. It's, you know, he's like a brother to him. I think that that's why we're getting that Seth. I think he lacks self-awareness to be vindictive. Can I just say the way that you delivered that last psychoanalysis, you're like sitting in a dark room. You have a very soothing voice. Like I'm feeling like night radio, like Delilah after dark vibes right now from you. New Dylan after dark. (laughs) New Dylan after dark. But I mean, that's my analysis because I think, you know, if, 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 what we understand about human psychology is that there are only like a handful of emotions that we really feel and it's variance on those emotions that cause us to do what we're going to do. And I truly think it's, it's, it's fear. It's Seth's fear that's causing him to do this. Um, and I don't know. That's, that's my psychoanalysis from the dark room in my house. I don't know. I think that you're giving a little too much credit. I think that he just kind of <laughs> had a really immature hissy and, mm-hmm. 
it was to me he wasn't getting his way he wanted ryan to stay and ryan wasn't gonna stay and he's so entitled that he wasn't getting his way yeah and he wanted his parents yeah he wanted his parents to do something to make him stay and his parents weren't gonna do that so he punished both of them yeah i mean that's what i feel like he's, he's trying to punish people because he's not he like misery loves company like i'm not if i'm not gonna be happy i'm not getting my way then everyone else has to be miserable is kind of how i feel whether that he's doing it on purpose or not I know that he says that Ryan is the reason that all this good stuff happened to me. I just can't imagine that he actually thinks that like, it's almost a denial thing Mm -hmm. because Ryan didn't, Ryan did not set him up with summer. Like Ryan didn't really do anything with that situation for him. Well, and it like ostensibly when Ryan left, his life would be exactly how he dreamed it would be a year prior. It's all, but the problem is when, when, when Ryan leaves, it's all in his hands then. He's the one that's creating this future for himself without anyone to back him up. You you, you hit on something, which I agree on, is that he mm-hmm. had become so codependent on Ryan mm-hmm. that like he was so invested and cared about Ryan. Not that he shouldn't, but he cared about Ryan so much. And like I think I said in the podcast, if he cared about Summer like 10% mm-hmm. of what he cared about Ryan, then he'd probably yeah. have a wonderful, healthy relationship. I think that... No, Summer would literally be his only friend because his friends are, I mean, you know, you have the kind of the revolving door of friends like Dustin and Oliver and everyone. They're all gone. But then his only (laughs) other true friends, like really true friends, I feel like were Luke, maybe Ryan, Marissa and Summer, not even Marissa that much. But so Luke has already left. Ryan is leaving. And so it's legitimately just Seth and his girlfriend. Yeah, I don't buy that either, though. Like, you're bringing this up, like, again, it's a TV show. We only see what's presented to us in the 60 minutes or 42 minutes it's on TV. But, like, it's the same thing with Anna when you said that Anna Mm -hmm. only has these friends. It's like, you can make other friends. Like, you don't get to just be like, oh, Ryan's my only friend, and Mm -hmm. now I'm going to be a jerk because he's leaving. Like, you can make other friends if you try and you care that much. Yeah, I think, and the only reason I'm saying that with for Seth specifically is because he has literally said that. He was like, he was my only friend. Life, it was hell before he came here. Um, he could be lying because, I mean, use, using my logic against me, then not only do, does no one else have any other friends, but apparently none of them ever go to the bathroom. So things yeah. happen off screen. So, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I understand it. And, you know, as a, you know, I guess one of the reasons we started this podcast is because we like the show so much. And one of my issues is when I like something a whole lot, I tend to really, really dig into it. And so I forget that it's a TV show and that it's okay if things are wrong. Right. But um, but man, Seth, not as yeah. bad as I thought he was. All, I, yeah, all I'll say as far as like in defense of Seth and this, I think I think your wife is actually who brought this up and made this point, Dylan. Shout out to Leslie. Whoop, whoop. Was that um, yeah. the reason that we Leslie. all liked him as a kid when we were 15, 16 and he was 15 and 16 mm-hmm. was because we were the same age and we were as self-involved as him. And we did over dramatize everything in our lives because that was our entire universe was like whatever happened in high school that day. Right. Um, so that part makes sense to me. And that part is why I think he ultimately gets a pass was because we, as kids, we are all very, we're all just jerks. I think everyone kind of sucks as a kid for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, including yeah, Seth Cohen. So that to me is like the biggest pass for him. And that's why, like I said, we, these are all things I didn't even think about until I'm an adult watching this show now. So um, that's where that's where I'll say, you know what, Seth Cohen, you're, you're okay. 
Yeah, and and he does. You do see some growth, and of course, it's not a perfect straight line. I think that he definitely takes you know about thirty steps backwards, especially mm-hmm. come season three. Um, and even in season four, he's doing a lot of really strange, immature things. Um, but you know, the show it had a good ending, and he eventually kind of you know grew up and let go and figured out that he what he needed to do to become the kind of man that. It was worthy of marrying Summer. So I think that's I will, Yeah, cool. if we're going to go there, like I just, I'll just quickly say in season four, like I don't want to get too far ahead of us. Hopefully we're not spoiling anything. Hopefully people have watched the OC. But like in season four, he kind of does mm-hmm. finally does do the right thing, which is Summer needs space and he gives her space. He doesn't put a lot of pressure on her. Like he lets her go do her thing to deal with the Marissa stuff. Like the first like three or four episodes of that season are him just basically saying like, I'm very worried about my relationship with Summer, but I'm just going to like give her the space to figure it out which is good putting her first and even the it go that goes on to the finale he's letting her go and letting her grow um and then things turn out the way that they want them to yeah but good stuff that was good good. i'm proud of us guys we made we talked about seth going for a long time yep um for an hour and a half i told my husband i was like there's no way we talk about this more than an hour here we are um and uh, we i was trying to order doordash and all no one's delivering so i think we're gonna eat either peanut butter and jelly or ramen noodles tonight so or balloons eat the balloons. balloons oh we have a lot of balloons no no no. i hear that you are only allowed to eat balloons if they have drugs in them and then they can burst and you can die i don't know i'm kind of scared of that shit <laughs> so we're gonna have a new co-host for season two because we're like well chelsea died in a drug mule accident yeah, yeah. <laughs> they found they found her at the border <laughs> it was very sad <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah. I think we did it. We're we'll be back. We'll be back. I think we're gonna do another bonus episode before we dive into season two. Um, but just as a reminder, we will be diving into season two. We'll begin sometime in March. That's when the first episodes will will drop. We'll we'll keep you in the loop. Um, I'm big, I'm excited to come back to to this show. Um, season two. It's probably the one I remember the least about. Um, so I'm excited to get back into that. And uh, I want to say shout out to you guys for letting me express my Seth emotions and work them out over the last, I don't know, hour. Mm-hmm. Hey, I I had some emotions to work out too. And as I am prone to do um, to the reviewer OU Mandy, I hope that this helped because you said one thing you didn't like about the show is all the Seth hate. And so oh, I yeah. hope that we have truly earned your five-star rating. Thank you, by the way, for it. Um, And you realize that the reason Ryan and I are so mean about Seth is because it's our opportunity to hold the mirror up and psychoanalyze ourselves (laughs) when we were 15, 16. So I'm going to go read some comic books and listen to some Death Cab, but um, I look forward to seeing you all again, I guess. I don't know. Whenever the next bonus episode comes, and out. Uh, keep sending us those five star reviews. Keep them coming. We still we need them. We love them. Uh, bring them on. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, you can follow us all. Follow Cohen's Pod on Instagram. Probably that's where you'll see it, the dankest of OC memes, as chosen <laughs> by Chelsea herself. From um, meme queen, from helium queen, helium, helium, helium queen, queen, meme queen, pod mom. I'm dabbing right now. You can't see me, but yeah. Shout out, little Huddy. Get at her. Um, she is officially Come twice your age. She's You're officially twice your age. List. I think that's it. Anything else? No. We'll All see right. you guys nope. next time. Seth was framed. <laughs> <laughs>